When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. And you can probably tell uh, we didn't get a news episode on Sunday or on Monday. Uh, and the reason for that is on Sunday, I was thinking about the shareholders meeting, and I was like, you know what? That shareholders meeting is usually pretty long. So maybe, maybe we should just concentrate this week on the shareholders meeting and not worry about the other stuff. So that's what we're going to do. So this week we're going to have three episodes. They're all going to be on the shareholder meeting. The The way the shareholder meeting is set up is in the beginning you have all the proposals and they vote on people on things like um, new board members or reelecting current board members or um, executive um, compensation, that kind of thing. And then the next part, usually Elon comes out and he gives an update. And then the third part of the shareholders meeting is questions. So we're going to do that. We're going to break it into three different parts. However, I recognize that the shareholder business part of it isn't as interesting as when Elon talks. So we're going to do Elon's uh, portion and then the next episode, we're going to go over questions. And the final episode, we're going to go into shareholder proposals. And last year, I was like, I think it would be more valuable if I actually read Tesla's rebuttal for shareholder uh, for the shareholder uh, uh, proposals. And we get a little bit more context on that. So that's what we're going to do. That, that episode, I think, is going to be interesting but it's also going to be it's going to be a little bit nerdier. Um, but I find the the shareholder proposals to be quite interesting. So, yeah. So that's what we're going to do. Hopefully, that is clear. Before we hear from Elon, we're going to hear from Martin Viega, and he's just going to give us a disclaimer. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to tell you all of the things that Elon talked about that I didn't pull a clip for. So let's go ahead and jump into Martin Viega's statement. During the course of the following session. We may discuss our business outlook and make forward-looking statements. Such statements are predictions based on current expectations. Actual events could, result, uh, could differ materially due to a number of risks and uncertainties. 
including those disclosed in our most recent Form 10-K and 10-Q filings with the SECs. Such forward-looking statements represent our views as of today, should not be relied on thereafter, and we disclaim from any obligation to update them after today. All right. With that out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into the stuff that I thought was kind of important, but not important enough to pull a clip for. Elon started off his opening remarks, or his remarks, I guess, with a brief summary of Master Plan 3. No new information there. We found out that Tesla has over 127,000 employees, and that doesn't include contractors. One cool point that I thought was cool anyway that Elon said was that for every manufacturing job at one of their factories, there are five to ten jobs created in the community just to support those employees at the factory. That includes teachers, you know, staff at restaurants. His whole point was when Tesla builds a factory in your community, it's not only, you know, those employees that benefit the community as a whole benefits. Now, you could argue that those benefits might be uh, canceled out because of the huge tax breaks that Tesla gets. I mean, those restaurant owners and teachers and all those other folks, they're still putting money in their pocket, but as a community as a whole, you know, Tesla and other companies aren't paying the full amount that they could pay in taxes to support that community. Uh, let's see. Tesla receives over 3.6 million job applications. And that was just for 2022. That's pretty impressive. They talked a little bit about their next gen drive unit. Here are some interesting facts from that. There are no rare earth metals in that drive unit, which I believe the Rivian drive unit doesn't have rare earth metals as well. Or maybe there's just very little. I can't remember quite off the top of my head. 75% reduction in silicon carbide. It will take up half of the factory floor space as their current drive units. And it's going to cost around $1,000 uh, to build. So pretty cool in terms of that next-gen drive unit. Uh, this was in master plan, but they confirmed that they're going to switch to a 48-volt battery architecture. This is not the battery that uh, powers the car. This is the support battery that used to be a 12-volt battery. Let's see here. Tesla is the largest EV maker, which makes sense. They also have the largest or best margins. Uh, he, t Elon talked about making an EV profitable, how hard that is and how hard manufacturing is. And I always use this comparison. Like, uh, we're not going to... the no, Most normal people aren't just going to create a car factory and start building electric cars, Right. So I compare, I compare manufacturing to building an Ikea shelf. Like, that's really hard. Building an Ikea shelf is way harder than it needs to be. Imagine trying to manufacture a car. Like, you already have all the parts, in most cases, for the Ikea shelf. Um, trying to put that thing together, harder than you think. Uh, let's see. Model Y is the best-selling car, and that's pretty much worldwide, they think, by the end of the year. And I'd like to say to Tesla, you're welcome, because I'm getting my Model Y on Saturday. They talked a bit about the Giga Nevada expansion, and we've talked about this. They're going to produce 4680 cells there, as well as the Tesla Semi. He did give a little update on Cybertruck. He said that they're hard to make, but they're making progress. 
and it's cool. It's going to be really cool, but no other information was given. And then Elon teased the crowd a little bit, and it was kind of funny. I almost left this in. He said that they don't normally make product announcements at shareholders' meetings, and then the crowd kind of got it really excited. And he's like, and we're not going to do that today, but we have two new products that we're going to announce soon. And Elon's guess is that between those two models, those two new models, they'll sell 5 million units combined. That's pretty much all he said about that. All right, let's go ahead and get a full self-driving beta update. And with that, please welcome Elon Musk. FSD beta is growing uh, hyper exponentially. So <laughs> that, that, that chart is going to look like a wall, basically. Um, and um, just a question for, for those in the room. Are, uh, have, how many people have tried out FSD beta? Okay, great. <laughs> So, so what, what do you think of the latest build? <laughs> right? So it's, um, it's really getting to the point where it's, uh, at least for me, when I drive around, it's uh, several days between interventions. Um, and I think we're, we're getting to the point where um, there's really just one last piece of, of, of the system that needs to be uh, a neural net, which is the the planning and control function. Um, and, and so we, we expect to have that last piece become a neural net, so it'll be end-to-end -end from uh, video in to control out uh, as a neural net. Um, and, yeah, so... It, the, the, thing, the thing to appreciate is it's, it's not that uh, full self-driving will be as good as a person. It will be much, much better. Like, a lot. Like, over time, and, uh, 10 times more uh, ten times safer than a person. It's not even going to be a contest, frankly. Um, so this is this is a really big deal, um, and I think some people realize it. I think you guys probably realize it. But uh, the, being able to do a software update and have several million cars suddenly go from manual driving to uh, autonomous, uh, I think, will be the single biggest uh, asset value increase in history. Um, so. The, the normal usage of a passenger car is, is quote, roughly 10 to 12 hours per week, call it an, maybe an, an hour and a half per day. And when you drive around, you see lots of cars just parked in parking lots because out of the 168 hours in a week, they're using less than 10%, less than maybe 7% of the hours of the week a, a car is in use. But once it is autonomous, uh, it, it can be used probably, I don't know, 50, 50 hours a week, maybe more. So it, it's, it, 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 it is effectively a five-fold increase in the value of a car overnight. Um, it's, I, I'm actually surprised that so few people uh, realize this, or, or maybe they just don't believe it, it's real, um, but, uh, but it is. So this is, this is really an, an insanely big deal. All right, so that's pretty much a standard update. I don't know that there was anything in there that we didn't know, but you know, not everybody follows us as closely as I do, so I, I left it in there so everybody's up to date now. Um, I believe that at some point in time we're going to live in a world where instead of owning a car, we just you know call for a car when we need one. 
but I also believe that I'll be dead or very old before that happens. So I, I don't share Elon's optimism on that. I also don't think that's going to make cars more valuable. I don't think the cars are going to be worth as much as Elon says they are. The reason why cars are worth you know, what they are now is because people see value in that, right? I saw value in spending $50,000 on a car for me, right? On some minor level, I'm going to customize my new car to me. I mean, I'm not going to put aftermarket stuff on the car, but I'm going to customize it. I'm going to make it mine. I'm going to make it feel like it's mine. If you just have cars out there driving around and you order one and one is much like the other, and I don't have any personal attachment to this vehicle, I think that those vehicles will just be uh, basically a space with wheels, right? It Some of them will be nicer than others based on what you can afford, but there's not going to be any customization to you. It's just going to be a vehicle. Maybe you can watch a movie. Maybe, you know, you can lay down and take a nap, but it's not going to, those vehicles, by the time this happens, vehicles are going to change so much. They're not going to be configured the way they are now. They're just going to be a way to get from one place to another. And a lot of them are probably going to be pretty basic, which probably means that they'll be relatively cheap because they're going to be really basic. And if companies like Tesla are running the fleet, then what does it matter? They're building their own cars anyway, whereas the value is all to the company who is either running the cars or building the cars. It's not to us. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, Elon makes it sound like this is a great deal for people who own Teslas. I, I think it's fine. I don't think it's a great deal for us. Uh, I'm including myself as somebody that owns a Tesla now, just so you know. I am insufferable now. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our next clip, which is about interest rates slowing down car buying. And as you can see, our free cash flow uh, per year has been increasing steadily. Um, so, you know, we're, we're making good progress. Um, I mean, it, it, it should be said that, uh, and, and I've made some of these comments, um, that the, the, that interest rates make a, a very big, have a very big effect on the affordability of cars. So the vast majority of people buy cars based on the monthly payment. So it's like how much money, how much is the monthly payment? Um, and it's, and it's, it's, not a, it's not a question of, of, of value for money. It, it's just do they actually have enough money? Can they afford it? Um, so, so for the the vast majority of people is just, can they afford to pay the payment? As the interest rates increase um, and, and credit tightens, um, like it's safe to say that the, you know, these various banks that um, ha have died are probably uh, somewhat distracted um, from handing out auto loads. You know? It's like if they're on their way to the cemetery, increasing their auto loan portfolio is not the first thing on their mind. Um, so this is going to be a challenging, I'd say a challenging 12 months. I want to be sort of realistic about it. Uh, like Tesla is not immune uh, to uh, the global economic environment. Um, I, I expect things to be just at a macroeconomic level um, difficult for at least the next 12 months. Um, 
like t Tesla will get through it and we'll do well, and I think we'll see a lot of companies actually uh, go bankrupt. Uh, so I, 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 want, I want to make sure that this is not just the good news parade. It's important to, to understand that uh, no company is immune to the macro, macroeconomic environment. But that said, the, the, it, it won't be darkness uh, forever. I expect probably a year of difficulty uh, globally for, for everyone. Um, and then my, my best guess is that the global economy turns around uh, in roughly 12 months. Um, and, and then Tesla will be in, in an ex extremely good position. So anyone who is a long-term investor, I think, will do extremely well. Man, I am hoping that Elon's right, and it'll be a challenging 12 months, and then things will pick up and turn around because my investments are down, and I would like them to be up. Uh, <laughs> it's really hard. Uh, looking at my Robinhood or my 457's account, accounts or anything like that, it's just like, ugh, this sucks. But it'll get better. All right. Uh, I'm also paying a higher interest rate than I would have liked. I'm paying 4.75, which I think is pretty good for uh, where we're at now. But I've definitely paid less when I've bought cars in the past. Next up, we're going to hear about Tesla's internal software team. And um, here I want to uh, give um, a big shout out to the Tesla in, uh, in internal software uh, team. This is um, it, it, it's actually a, a really big deal that uh, Tesla has such a powerful internal software team. Um, I mean, that, that, that software team is responsible for handling the entire uh, customer experience from, from buying the car, delivering the car, uh, operating the factories, um, service and support. Uh, we internally wrote all of the insurance and financial software. Um, the, it's, the supply chain and logistics stuff, the data centers and infrastructure, um, and the analytics in, insight. This is all uh, internally written Tesla software. I think there's, there are almost no companies in the world can do this uh, because they do not have uh, a, a, a very talented internal uh, software team. So they're generally reliant on third-party um, enterprise resource planning uh, software, so, but Tesla is not. This, this, is, this is a hidden strength of the company um, that, that often doesn't get a lot of attention, but is incredibly powerful. Um, so once again, I'd like to thank them for their work. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tesla's internal software team wrote the Tesla operating system. So I'm going to just give you what was included on the slide that Elon had up. The omni-channel customer experiences, supply chain and logistics, data center and infrastructure, fulfillment and charging, factory software, information security, service and support, health and safety, risk and compliance, captive financials and insurance, employee experiences, analysts and, or excuse me, analytics and insights. That's, that's pretty good. Like one software package runs all of that. I'm not sure how common this is or not. I'm guessing it's not very common. I think it's very cool. And if I had a billion plus a dollar business, I would do this too, but I don't. So here we are. Next up, we're going to hear about Tesla safety. Tesla cars are actually the, the safest cars in the world. We put um, immense effort into vehicle safety, and we keep updating the safety. So we keep improving um, the automatic emergency braking system just with a software update. Um, and we keep improving the airbag deployment uh, with software updates. Um, so we close the feedback loop on, like, when we see an accident, we analyze the accident, and we say, what can we do uh, from a software standpoint, because there's actually quite a lot you can do uh, to, first of all, avoid the accident, because the best accident is no accident. Um, and then if the accident occurs, how do we deploy the airbags uh, and the, the sort of the, the seatbelt uh, pretensioners uh, to minimize the probability of injury? Um, and uh, so even, even for cars that people have owned for many years, uh, we are behind the scenes uh, continuously uh, improving the safety of, of, of your car. And um, I mean, there are even some things that I think a lot of people aren't aware of, that we, we actually have automatic cabin, cabin overheat protection. So uh, never in the history of the company has a, a, a child or a pet 
died in a Tesla. So it's, it's one of those like, little-known features, but uh, because we have a large battery and we're monitoring things all the time, we can make sure that the cabin temperature uh, never gets to lethal levels. Um, and uh, I think that, that's, that's a you know, big deal. So. Um, oh, yeah. So, and then um, while lots of cars will say they've got like you know, five stars or, or whatever, um, uh, th there's, there's nuance to that. Um, when we do, did the European NCAP uh, sort of active safety tests, uh, we, we got the highest scores that they've ever seen. So, yeah. So we, we, we got a, a 98% uh, score on the active safety system, um, which obviously isn't good enough. Um, uh, and we will... But we, we, we have got a game plan for uh, getting rid of the last 2%. <laughs> so. And then it's worth noting things like the total cost of ownership of a Model 3 uh, is now comparable to that of a Toyota, Toyota Corolla. The Toyota Corolla thing is just interesting. <laughs> it didn't really have anything to do with safety. But he said it, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'll leave it in. Um, I agree that Tesla does safety improvements over time. We've talked about this in the past. Oh, and one of the things that I thought was really interesting, and actually the most interesting thing of this whole production, was Tesla's automatic cabin overheat protection, which is basically the car won't get hot enough for somebody to die in it, which is huge for places like Arizona. Children die all the time that were forgotten in a car. And thank God I have never been on a, a call where the, a child had died because they were forgotten in the car. I've been on lots of other stuff that involve children um, that are horrible, and I won't go into here today. But um, I have been on plenty of calls where somebody has run into the grocery store or whatever, and they thought, well, the baby's sleeping. I just need to grab these things, and they're in longer than they think. And we get called out, and we have to break a window or try to get into the car somehow, um, and usually when we break a window, the parents aren't very happy about it. Um, and, and, you know, the alternative is the child could possibly die and we don't know how a baby's doing in, in the car. So that's usually the first thing that we'll do if it's hot outside. If it's not hot outside, we'll try and get into the vehicle without damaging the vehicle. But if it's hot outside, we're taking a window or if it's taking too long, we're, we're taking a window for sure. Uh, let's see. Elon mentioned that there had never been a death in a Tesla of a child or a pet because of this feature. I think this is fantastic. Again, this is a big deal in Arizona. Unfortunately, either through neglect or just being exhausted as a parent with an infant, people forget their, 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 their children or babies in the cars all the time here. It, it sucks. Anyway, I'm going to move off of this because it's disturbing. Uh, Tesla received the highest in-cap scores, which is the crash test rating in Europe. Tesla scored a 98 for the Model 3 and the Model Y. Neo's ET7 scored a 95. Aura's Funky Cat, I love, I love the name of this <laughs> car, scored a 93%. And the Nissan Aria also scored a 93%. So not too bad, not too bad. 
Next up, we're going to hear about Tesla Energy, and we're going to start with the Megapack. Uh, going to Megapack, because um, this is uh, stationary storage is an important part of solving the sustainable energy problem. Um, and the, mega, the, the Tesla Megapack is now more competitive than a natural gas peaker plant. So we have very strong demand for the Tesla Megapack, um, and uh, we're going to make a lot of them. So, um, yeah. Um, and a, a while back, I predicted that the Tesla uh, stationary battery pack business would actually grow faster than the automotive side of things, and that's exactly what has happened. Uh, you can see it's, it's, an, it's an exponential curve uh, growing at a rate that, that is even, even faster than our vehicle sales. Elon said that the Megapack was now more competitive than a natural gas peaker plant. That is fantastic. I know in um, Avondale, which is a city in the West Valley, I was reading in the newspaper the other day, that they are building a Megapack installation there. And actually, it was pretty interesting because um, I was driving on the freeway one day and I saw a semi and it was pulling like a flatbed trailer, right? And on the trailer were these rectangle devices and they were covered, so I didn't know what they were, but I was like, I wonder if that's a mega pack or a power pack. And one of the uh, coverings had was like flapping, and I could see white underneath. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that that's a mega pack. So I went home and I researched it just to see if Tesla was doing anything in Arizona. And that's when I found out that they're doing this um, installation in Avondale. So this is fantastic. So more competitive than a natural gas speaker plant. That is awesome. Uh, if you drive around Arizona, you will see if you you know keep your eyes open, especially in the Phoenix area, you'll see natural gas speaker plants all over the place. Uh, Tesla's goal was 40 gigawatt hours of production for stationary battery pack storage, which they haven't hit yet. But Elon said that they could see 500 gigawatt hours a year um, in the not too distant future. And next up, we are going to hear about supply chain choke points, and this is just mostly about lithium. Um, as we look ahead to tackle the, what we see as the, the choke points in the supply chain, one of them is uh, lithium refining. Um, and uh, I mean, there have been, been a few times on Tesla earnings calls where I've said, can someone please just do lithium refining? Um, because uh, it, it's, it's, there's just a shortage of it. Um, and, uh, but we, we, we really see very little activity outside of China for, for lithium refining. So um, it's not that we wish to take on extra problems, but since nobody else was doing it, we felt we had to do this. And so uh, we've just broken ground on a lithium refinery in Corpus Christi, uh, which will be um, do more lithium refining than I think probably everything uh, outside of China. Not a lot to say here. Refining lithium, there's a lot of challenges, and getting battery grade with lithium is hard. Uh, that's that's what I got out of this. Elon and the Tesla team has they've been saying this for a while now, so not necessarily new. All right, this is our final clip, and we are going to hear about Optimus, Tesla's robot. I think the thing. Um, perhaps, perhaps most, most notable is if you look at the difference between the last time we showed Optimus and, and this is a video that was taken basically yesterday 
Um, and the Optimus team was up all night uh, making this video. Um, the Optimus team has done an incredible job. Um, so just, yeah. <laughs> and it's... Uh, the, 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 the motors, the controllers, um, the electronics, um, and, and everything you see in the Optimus robot is a Tesla-designed uh, system. So this is... We, we, we actually tried to find... Um, drive actuators and, and whatnot that, that were off the shelf. We, we, we found that there, there weren't any. Um, in order to make um, an, an, an effective uh, humanoid robot, you actually have to design um, the motors and gearboxes and the, and the electronics from scratch because it's a very different application from anything else that exists. Um, so we took our world-class uh, motor and power electronics team and, uh, and, say, and, and said, okay, we, we, we need to design... Uh, several um, uh, actuators that are that don't exist in the world, um, and they did. So, Optimus is, is is working quite well. And then, for uh, full self-driving, as full self-driving gets uh, closer and closer to generalized real-world AI, that same uh, software is transferable to uh, a humanoid robot, um, just like. Um, you know, uh, we, you know, humans can obviously walk around with their arms and legs, uh, but, but we can drive a car, fly a plane, uh, steer a boat, uh, ride a horse. Um, if you have a generalized understanding, or, or if you have generalized real-world AI, which is what we are developing for full self-driving, um, it can be transferred to basically anything. Um, and... Um, so, so Optimus will use the same uh, FSE computer as the, as the car. Um, and um, the, the Optimus stuff is, is um, I think, somewhat, not somewhat, extremely underrated. People, people, the, the, because they, people just cannot comprehend the, 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 the consequences. Now, obviously, we need to make sure that we don't have a Terminator scenario. That's very important. Uh, it's all fun and games until Terminator shows up. Um, but uh, if you say, like, if you have had a, a generalized um, humanoid robot, uh, what would be the effective ratio of humanoid robots to humans? Because I think basically everyone would want one, and, and maybe people would want more than one, which means the actual demand for, for something like Optimus, if it really works... Um, which it will, uh, is, uh, I, I don't know, I mean, 10 billion units? It's, it's, it's some crazy number. Um, it might be 20 billion units if the ratio is, say, 2 to 1 on people, you know, humanoid robots versus people. It, it, it might actually be, it, it's, not, it's some very big number, is what I'm saying, um, and a number vastly in excess of the number of cars. Um, so my prediction is that uh, Tesla's long-term value uh, will be, a majority of the long-term value will be Optimus. Um, and, and that prediction I'm very confident of. All right. So take this with a grain of salt because Elon is the CEO of several billion-dollar companies. I'm a dude that right now is podcasting at, you know, what is it, uh, 9.54 at night in my basement. I'm 
I'm in my underwear with a t-shirt and uh, yeah, so I don't know anything, but this is what I think. Just let you know <laughs> where everything stands. Um, I don't think that Optimus is going to be the hit that Elon thinks it is. I think it's going to be very popular. I think it's going to be very successful, but he said like 10 billion robots. That number seems very high. So if you add in household robots and robots used for commercial and, and industrial, 10 billion still seems like a lot to me. And maybe I'm wrong on this. Um, and the reason, part of the reason why it seems like a lot is because there are a lot of purpose built robots. Like it, the reason why we have robots that can pick up uh, a car frame so that it can be painted by another robot is because those robots are purpose built. It doesn't make sense for, you know, six or seven humans to pick up a frame and then three or four of them to paint the frame while those six humans are painting it or, or holding it. That doesn't make any sense, right? So not every situation is going to need an Optimus-like robot or a humanoid-like robot. Plus, there's another company, and I believe they're called Phoenix. I heard this about this on the Daily Tech News show the other day. And the, their goals, the Phoenix robots' goals, is pre pretty similar to, to what Elon wants to do. So maybe not as ambitious. I, I do think the Optimus robot is going to be like very successful, I don't think that it's going to sell 10 billion. Like 10 billion in what time frame, I guess. Maybe 10 billion in its entire lifespan. <laughs> I don't know. It's just seen 10 billion is a lot. That's a big number. You know, 10 million is is a lot. It's a, that's also a big number, but billion 10 billion is a huge number. We are at 34 minutes, so let's end it here. I want to thank everybody for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, everybody uh, in this community that I interact with is very supportive. And it should go without saying that I appreciate you for that. But I don't know that I say it enough. Like, I got a lot of really great emails for the last couple of weeks. So thank you very much. I appreciate you guys uh, and gals very, very much. It, it, it means a lot. And in some ways, you picked up my spirits when I was a little frustrated and down. So uh, know that your emails matter. So if you want to email me, you can. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can also find me on Twitter at 918digital. You can support the podcast by going to supportkilowatt.com, or you can go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt, or you can look in the show notes because we have an ACAST plus link that will get you um, an ad-free experience as well. All right. Everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening. And I will do a very bad job at ending the podcast. Just like that. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.